0: With blood from Welcome to Puritans Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 11 of The Letters of Samuel Rutherford. To John Stuart, Aberdeen, 1637. Much honored, sir, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you. I long to hear from you, being now removed from my flock and the prisoner of Christ at Aberdeen. I would not have you to think it strange that your journey to New England hath gotten such a dash. It indeed hath made my heart heavy, yet I know it is no dumb providence, but a speaking one. Whereby our Lord speaketh his mind to you, though for the present ye do not well understand what he saith. However it be, he who sitteth upon the floods hath shown you his marvelous loving kindness in the great depths. I know that your loss is great, and your hope is gone far against you, but I entreat you, sir, expound aright our Lord's laying all hindrances in the way. I persuade myself that your heart aimeth at the footsteps of the flock to feed beside the shepherd's tents and to dwell beside him who your soul loveth, and that it is your desire to remain in the wilderness where the woman is kept from the dragon, Revelation twelve fourteen. And this being your desire, remember that a poor prisoner of Christ said it to you, that that miscarried journey is with child to you of mercy and consolation, and shall bring forth a fair birth, on which the Lord will attend. Wait on; he that believeth maketh not haste. Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. I hope that you have been asking what the Lord meaneth and what further may be his will in reference to your return. My dear brother, let God make of you what he will. He will end all with consolation and will make glory out of your sufferings. And would you wish better work? This water was in your way to heaven and written in your Lord's book, Ye behoved to cross it, and therefore kiss his wise and unerring providence. Let not the censures of men, who see but the outside of things, and scarce well that, abate your courage and rejoicing in the Lord. Howbeit, your faith seeth but the black side of providence, yet it hath a better side, and God will let you see it. Learn to believe Christ better than his strokes, himself and his promises better than his glooms. Dashes and disappointments are not canonical scripture. Fighting for the promised land seemed to cry to God's promise, Thou liest. If our Lord ride upon a straw, his horse shall neither stumble nor fall. For we know, that all things work together for good to them that love God. Romans eight twenty eight. Ergo, shipwreck, losses, etc. Work together for the good of them that love God. Hence, I infer that losses, disappointments, ill tongues, loss of friends, houses, or country. Our God's workmen set on work to work out good to you out of everything that befalleth you. Let not the Lord's dealing seem harsh, rough, or unfatherly, because it is unpleasant. When the Lord's blessed will bloweth across your desires, it is best in humility to strike sail to him, and to be willing to be led any way our Lord pleaseth. It is a point of denial of yourself to be as if you had not a will, but had made a free disposition of it to God, and had sold it over to him. And to make use of his will for your own is both true holiness and your ease and peace. You know not what the Lord is working out of this, but you shall know it hereafter. And what I write to you, I write to your wife. I compassionate her case, but entreat her not to fear, nor faint. This journey is a part of her wilderness to heaven and the promised land, and there are fewer miles behind It is nearer the dawning of the day to her than when she went out of Scotland. I should be glad to hear that you and she have comfort and courage in the Lord. Now, as concerning our kirk, our service book is ordained by open proclamation and sound of trumpet to be read in all the kirks of the kingdom. A footnote. It was the reading of Laud's liturgy in St. Giles Cathedral, Edinburgh, that caused Jenny Geddes, the Herbstall woman, to throw her stool at the dean's head. The attempt to foist episcopacy on Scotland led to the signing of the National Covenant in 1638 and to the Two Bishops' Wars, 1639-40. Our prelates are to meet this month about our canons and for a reconciliation betwixt us and the Lutherans. The professors of Aberdeen University are charged to draw up the articles of an uniform confession. But reconciliation with popery is intended. This is the day of Jacob's visitation. The ways of Zion mourn, our gold is become dim. The sun is gone down upon our prophets. A dry wind, but neither to fan nor to cleanse, is a coming upon this land, and all our ill is coming from the multiplied transgressions of this land, and from the friends and lovers of Babel among us. The violence done to me and to my flesh be upon Babylon, shall the inhabitant of Zion say, and my blood. Upon the inhabitants of Chaldea shall Jerusalem say, Jeremiah 51, 35. Now for myself, I was three days before the High Commission and accused of treason, preached against our king. A minister being witness went well nigh to swear it. God hath saved me from their malice. Firstly, they have deprived me of my ministry. Secondly, silenced me that I exercise no part of the ministerial function within this kingdom under the pain of rebellion. Thirdly, confined my person within the town of Aberdeen, where I find the ministers working for my confinement in Caithness or Orkney. Far from them, because some people here, willing to be edified, resort to me. At my first entry, I had heavy challenges within me, and a court fenced, but I hope not in Christ's name, wherein it was asserted that my Lord would have no more of my services, and was tired of me. And like a fool, I summoned Christ also for unkindness. My soul fainted, and I refused comfort and said, What ailed Christ at me, for I desired to be faithful in his house? Thus, in my rovings and mistakings, my Lord Jesus bestowed mercy on me, who am less than the least of all saints. I lay upon the dust and bought a plea from Satan against Christ, and he was content to sell it. But at length, Christ did show himself friends with me, and in mercy, pardoned and passed my part of it, and only complained that a court should be holden in his bounds without his allowance. Now I pass from my compareance, and as if Christ had done the fault, he hath made the mends and returned to my soul, so that now his poor prisoner feedeth on the feasts of love. My adversaries know not what a courtier I am now with my royal king, For whose crown I now suffer. It is but our soft and lazy flesh That hath raised an ill report Of the cross of Christ. O sweet, sweet is his yoke. Christ's chains are of pure gold. Sufferings for him are perfumed. I would not give my weeping For the laughing of all the fourteen prelates. I would not exchange my sadness With the world's joy. Oh, lovely, lovely Jesus, how sweet must thy kisses be when they cross me so sweetly. Oh, if all the three kingdoms had part of my love feast and of the comfort of a dotted prisoner. Dear brother, I charge you to praise for me and to seek help of our acquaintance there to help me to praise. Why should I smother Christ's honesty to me? My heart is taken up with this, that my silence and sufferings may preach. I beseech you in the bowels of Christ to help me to praise. Remember, my love, to your wife, to Mr. Blair, and Mr. Livingstone, and Mr. Cunningham. Let me hear from you, for I am anxious what to do. If I saw a call for New England, I would follow it. Grace be with you. To David Dixon, Aberdeen, 1st May, 1637. My Reverend and dear brother, I fear that you have never known me well. If you saw my inner side, it is possible that you would pity me, but you would hardly give me either love or respect. Men mistake me the whole length of the heavens. My sins prevail over me and the terrors of their guiltiness. I am put often to ask if Christ and I did ever shake hands together in earnest. I mean not that my feast days are quite gone, but I am made of extremes. I pray God that you never have the woeful and dreary experience of a closed mouth. For then you shall judge the sparrows, that they may sing on the church of Irvine, blessed birds. But my soul hath been refreshed and watered, when I hear of your courage and zeal for your never enough praised, praised master, in that you put the men of God, chased out of Ireland, to work. Oh, if I could confirm you, I dare say in God's presence that this shall never hasten your suffering, but will be David Dixon's feast and sparkling joy that while he had time and leisure, he put many to work to lift up Jesus, his sweet master, high in the skies. Oh, man of God, go on, go on. Be valiant for that plant of renown for that chief among ten thousands, for that prince of the kings of the earth. It is but little that I know of God, yet this I dare write, that Christ will be glorified in David Dixon, howbeit Scotland be not gathered. I am pained, pained that I have not more to give my sweet bridegroom. His comfort to me are not dealt with a niggard's hand, but I would faint learn not to idolize comfort, sense, joy, and sweet-felt presence. All these are but creatures, and nothing but the kingly robe, the gold ring, and the bracelets of the bridegroom. The bridegroom himself is better than all the ornaments that are about him. Now I would not so much have these as God himself, and to be swallowed up of love to Christ. I see that in delighting in a communion with Christ, we may make more gods than one. But however, all was but bairn's play between Christ and me till now. If one would have sworn unto me, I would not have believed what may be found in Christ. I hope that that you pity my pain that much in my prison as to help me yourself and to cause others, help me, a divor, a sinful, wretched divor, to pay some of my debts of praise to my great king. Let my God be judge and witness, if my soul would not have sweet ease and comfort, to have many hearts confirmed in Christ and enlarged with his love, and many tongues set on work to set on high, my royal and princely well-beloved. Oh, that my sufferings could pay tribute to such a king. I have given over wondering at his love, for Christ hath manifested a piece of art upon me that I never revealed to any living. He hath gotten fair and rich employment and sweet sale, and a goodly market for his honorable calling of showing mercy on me, the chief of sinners. Every one knoweth not so well as I do my woefully often broken covenants. My sins against light, working in the very act of sinning, have been met with admirable mercy. But alas, he will get nothing back again but wretched unthankfulness. I am sure that if Christ pity anything in me next to my sin, it is pain of love for an armful and soulful of himself in faith, love, and beyond fruition. My sorrow is that I cannot get Christ lifted off the dust in Scotland and set on high above all the skies and heaven of heavens. That was episode 11 of The Letters of Samuel Rutherford.